This is Uptown Films, a podcast made to elevate the cinema culture in Uptown New York. If you're looking to establish yourself in the industry, we've got stories, tips, and life lessons for filmmakers working above 125th Street. I'm Gregory Hernandez. And I'm Sophia. And today we're chatting with Ayaris Perez and Edwin Torres, the co-founders of Bronx Film 48. Bronx Film 48 is a community-based organization that was started in March of 2019 when four filmmakers from the Bronx decided to address the lack of an independent film scene here in the Bronx. And Bronx Film 48 is known for its flagship program, their annual 48-hour film challenge. This week, listen in for me cursing as my mom changes the password for Netflix. Welcome to Uptown New York. Is this about the ripped pants? Yeah. Oh, okay, let's go into it. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I texted Greg and I said I've got something else, like an update on the pants. And um, Wait, quick context. She is, we said, I think, and yesterday, she fell out of the chair. Yeah. Broke the chair, ripped her pants. I gave her my sweatpants. Did you, bring, did you bring my sweatpants back? No, this is the update on the pants because <laughs> the chair cut me. I have like a huge cut up my leg. Um, so I was bleeding all sweatpants. <laughs> I was bleeding all over your sweatpants. So I'm, oh God, I'm, I'm going to keep them and I bought you new ones. They're going to ship here. Wait, wait a minute. How did you not know you were bleeding? You went into my bathroom <laughs> to change. How did you not feel it? Did you like, you no, know, I don't feel pain that much. And so I just, I just, I just like, poked her to see if she felt that. <laughs> well, you know, when you, you, when you like something scratches you and it like hurts a little bit, but it's not like it breaks, breaks the skin or something, you know? <laughs> Greg just tried to stab me with a pen. Yeah. Try to do like five finger fillet. Anyway, we've recorded the tenth and final episode of season one of our illustrious podcast known as Uptown Films. Wahoo! Wahoo! Woohoo! <laughs> Sophie's extremely the soap is unorthodox. Um I'm Mario. I'm a Luigi, number one. <laughs> Uh, you know, how, this is how we get along. It's like she does something weird, and I just like keep going. I'm like, you know, I, I, I just like feed off that, I guess. That's what you should have broken the other chair. I let my silence speak for that one. Uh, you want me to take two chairs out of your paycheck? <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? You know, we could keep talking about the chair. No, uh, <laughs> no, um, hmm. I mean, Bronx Film 48, all the great stuff that they're doing. Yeah. I would say to our listeners, if you want to join a terrific community-based organization that may or may not become a nonprofit, I hope they do. If they want to take the mutual aid, you know, direction, fine. Mm -hmm. I hope they become a nonprofit to really sustain themselves. I hope they take it even more seriously and, and, and you know, slowly shed the imposter syndrome. I'm talking about Ayadis and Edwin. But if you want to join them, I recommend you do. But really join them in the sense of, you can get a lot out of it. While you're still making your own films, you can be part of something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. Be a part of Bronx 148. Be a part of something bigger than yourself here in your community. And set down those you know, roots here in the Bronx. It's worth doing it as we kind of, we talked about it whatever. We're kind of emerging into a renaissance. More ways than one. Some good, some bad. Mm -hmm. But if, you're, if you feel as though you're going to be like a full-time filmmaker or like uh, a filmmaker for the rest of your you know, life, you want to continue making films. I think it's important for you to be, to belong to an organization. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
a film organization that that aligns with your values and can serve your interests as well. And our guests today are Edwin Torres and Ayadis Perez, the co-founders of Bronx Film 48. How are you Thank guys you doing? Thank you so today? much. Hi. Thank you for having us. So uh, we like to start off all of our interviews with one question to kind of kick things off. And my question to you guys are, what is your favorite shot in a movie? One signature shot. Ooh, could be cinematic, good. could just be like, Hey, opening sequence. What is your favorite shot? All right, I gotta take some time. Do animated movies count? <laughs> yeah, I think so. They yeah, count. they should count. Oh man, because I, uh, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind, I really like the shot in Akira when the like b- bike is like going like it looks like under the camera and it's like as like mm. the, the super bike is stopping. So I just always thought that was really cool. And yeah, that's uh, that's one of my favorite shots. Mm. Nice. Uh, I was actually having this conversation yesterday about this movie, but uh, the curious case of Benjamin Button towards the ending scene, and it's like you see the clock, like time is turning and like everything starts turning, water's overflowing, um, just the way that it's like very Inception type of shot. So mm. I'll, I'll go with that one for now. Nice. I love that you mentioned another movie <laughs> in your favorite shot. Do you have a favorite shot from Inception? Ooh, that one's hard. I think okay. a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot. A lot from that movie. Yeah, for Inception, uh, for me, um, the shot where, like, I mean, there's, you know, computer generation, but when the world is, like, yes. turning yeah. over, <laughs> it's, like, nice. That's that trailer shot, you know? I love yeah, shots that could be in a trailer. It's, like, cool. That's the, the wow factor. So I was, uh, yeah, I'm really into that one, too. All right. So let's dive in. Uh, so Bronx Film 48, it's a community film initiative that we all started in 2019 and four years later here we are can you talk about some of the goals that maybe you've accomplished this year and basically the things you've wanted to do this year can really get into that and maybe also provide more of an overview for our listeners who maybe don't know what bronx phone 48 is I mean, I can begin by explaining a little bit, telling you a little bit about what Bronx on 48 is. Uh, We're a film initiative, uh, a collective of artists, filmmakers from the Bronx. Uh, Not all of us, but majority are from the Bronx. We do programming throughout the year, which is um, we've done like lighting workshops, script writing, resume writing, how to submit your film into um, film festival. But our annual flagship program is the 48 hour film challenge, where we gather filmmakers to come of all levels, beginner or pro to um, come together and make a film in 48 hours, write it, shoot it, edit it, produce it, put it out there in 48 hours. So um, that's our a- annual program, our main event, and it's followed by a screening in the summer. Um, you have two days to write, uh, film, and edit, and submit a complete short film, three to seven minutes, uh, in that 48-hour time span. So um, pretty insane um, challenge, pretty intense, but people do it, people sign up and people actually participate and make films out of it. So, and what I noticed about Bronx Film 48 in the last four years is that it's really um, like excuses to bring filmmakers together, to have film events, people looking at screens to make things happen. And then people are celebrating those people that made those things on those screens. Yeah, that's the main thing that I love about it, elevating the cinema culture in the Bronx. And it's something where know seeing it over the last four years all the way till now it's like you said bringing people together 
and the Bronx, bolstering networks, making more films in the Bronx. So why did you start Bronx Film 48? Like, what did you feel was missing in the Bronx that Bronx Film 48 filled? It all started. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got to go way back. Uh, way back, right? Time Where ago. did it oh, start? A long, it long start? time ago in the Bronx. Once upon a time. Far, far away. <laughs> yes. Uh, go ahead, Edwin. You can answer that. Uh, I mean, um, you know, one of the people, again, uh, since, you know, Greg is here as well, all three of us, uh, Greg is also an integral part as starting Bronx 148, because uh, in 2019, uh, I met this man, Greg, uh, working on a documentary. Um, and then in that research, uh, where we were doing research, we were kind of like, you know, Greg had mentioned like, Hey, like, you know, uh, you know, I don't think there's a 40 hour film challenge in the Bronx. Like maybe that's something that could happen that we could, uh, you know, make happen and put it together. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. Cause I was kind of down for anything at the moment. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. I'm, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, here we are, uh, four years later. So. Yeah, it's it's funny how it kind of comes around because now we're on a podcast uh, that you've put together uh, with something that you've also put together too. Um, so it's been a great journey to like go from that year and just like, oh, 48 hour film challenge. And now it has become so much more than just that. We actually met at a networking event. I met Greg at a networking event and we realized the lack of opportunities to meet other filmmakers. Um, it wasn't a film related networking event, but I was surprised to see another filmmaker. So um, that's when we decided to come together and realize that that's really the purpose. Yeah. And uh, just to piggyback off that, uh, one of the, uh, actually, I actually, I think back in 2019, like right before 2020 stuff hit the fan, I went to this uh, networking event at the IFP in uh, Brooklyn, uh, which is pretty deep, uh, even from where we are now. <laughs> and uh, just the fact that I was even going to that event um, in Brooklyn you know, even though I live in the Bronx, is one another indicator, like need more of the stuff where I don't have to travel that far. But going there, I was talking to people and people, you know, I think I like casually mentioned the Bronx, but I didn't say that I was from there. So it's interesting to hear people's like kind of initial thoughts on the Bronx and basically just like, yeah, like, and there's one person in particular I was talking to and it was like, yeah, like the Bronx is like technically in the city, but it's not really part of the city. And I was kind of just like, hmm, what do, you, what do you mean by that? You know, and my friend who knew that I lived in the Bronx was like, you know, I, I think eventually he kind of like, you know, told the guy like, oh, yeah, this guy is like in the Bronx. But I was kind of like investigating like, hmm, what do you, you know, what I wonder what makes you say that. So um, and uh, yeah, it was just kind of like a chill, seemed like a chill, you know, it was a Caucasian male, uh, I think, living in Brooklyn. And just hearing that was like, oh, like people in other places, like don't consider the Bronx like as a legit place where stuff happens, even as a part of the city. So that to me, and that was while Bronx from 48 was still going. So that was a reinforcement of like, yeah, okay. Like not to like prove that, oh yeah, we are a thing, but like um, just the fact that like we've started an entity in the Bronx that, you know, represents uh, things in film is like, okay, like we are making a representation here because now people down here some are, are going to pretty soon realize, yeah, things are happening in the Bronx. Going off of that, if you're a filmmaker in the Bronx, could you walk us through why you should compete in the annual 48-hour film challenge? What specifically would you get out of competing in a free, as of now, free 48-hour film challenge in the Bronx? I guess the biggest indicator is, yeah, there are prizes involved. Um, so you have the chance to win, actually get access to gear and things that, 
<clears throat> you may not be able to afford, you know, or you may not have access to. Um, so it does provide a chance for more access to better gear so you can make cooler stuff. Um, but also it's, um, it's recognition when you actually have the screening and like, you know, uh, you have a film, like you, you have a film that you're going to show to people and people are going to react to. Um, and then also just putting yourself through that challenge of like, if you haven't made a film in a while, this is your chance to do it in a expedited fashion. And, uh, you really, uh, you're testing your, I guess your creative merit to really see like, oh, like, okay, these, um, I have two days, I got to implement these like required elements, uh, which are things that you have to put in the movie so that we know that you didn't cheat. So that we know that you did it in the 48 hours. And I think it's, uh, it's a way to really test yourself. Like, okay, do you really love this craft? Do you really want to be a filmmaker? Then you can actually do this challenge and add another film to your, you know, ever growing list of work. Um, and just to add to that, it's also an opportunity for filmmakers who are thinking about being a filmmaker or are even just interested but have never done a film before. This is an opportunity for them to do that. We had filmmakers join the challenge before and that's their first film they've ever created. But now they're walking away with something, a final product that they can go ahead and submit to other film festivals. And hopefully like they've tried on all the different hats. Uh, actually had we i interview uh, one of the teams this year and what they had mentioned was that they had to wear all the hats and it really tested like uh, uh it tested them first of all but also it made them figure out like what is it that they can handle what hats they like um there's so many different roles in in um, film but they they were able to figure out which roles they like and which ones they don't so so how does it feel for you two now co-founders stepping into bigger more of a bigger leadership roles not just leading when it was just the four of us and i'm speaking as you know a co-founder a co former team member now kind of more as a, as a consultant where we meet every couple months but how has it been now leading a team of volunteers of new members and trying to like inculcate their your philosophy your culture so what does that what has that been like in terms of leading establishing a philosophy systems of organization you know, really specifically here in the Bronx, like, what has that been like? It was intimidating. I think at first it was very daunting and intimidating. Personally, I, I've i grown, I feel like I've grown, like, just public speaking-wise, too. Mm. Uh, that was something I did not see myself, uh, even, like, going through a hiring process that Greg helped along, like, hiring all these members. Um, how do we make decisions on we, who we want on our team, who is not on our team? Um, so that's been a lot of, growth in that area having to learn the ropes of that you're both you know bronx residents people of color we didn't grow up you know rich we didn't grow up upper middle class everything that you're talking about i just not only not only do i love it but i think we have to emphasize that it is a transformation of who you guys are because now you're becoming whether it's a nonprofit or what have you you're becoming basically executives so my question then is, what now, as you're moving forward, what is this transformation for you like is like the changing your thinking, you know, planning and, and, and maybe how you view yourself. Like you mentioned public speaking, you mentioned it being a little intimidating and things of that nature. So how on, on a personal level has this been for you, not just being a leader, but like viewing yourselves as what you most likely will become potential uh, executives. And then and I guess I would just add, what does that mean for people from the Bronx to view themselves as like executive directors? Because there's so many nonprofits here in the Bronx, you know, executive directors are white women, white men. Maybe they were from the Bronx or what have you, but they're, they're part of the dominant culture, but they're not mirroring the larger culture here. 
So what, what is that like stepping into those shoes? I think our listeners would love to know uh, your growth in terms of reaching this, this new level that you're approaching. I would say, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's daunting, mm-hmm. but it's, it's willing because it's like at the end of the day, this is your community and you would, you want to be very, um, intentional about to what you give to your community uh, and who you partner with and keyword intention. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and one last thing, uh, I want to uh, say related to that is like, um, you know, there's like my philosophy back then was like, all right, I have to do these things. Like these are things I just have to do. But now it's like, um, uh, I get to do these things, you know, mm-hmm. like, I get mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, meet with people um, on a Zoom call and I get to, to I, I get to plan like uh, and talk with people and ask for ideas about like, OK, like here's what we're trying to do and how can we do this well? Yeah, thank you, Edwin. And just to add to that, it's like uh, like you said, um, Greg, we are both people of color. I'm Latina, queer, um, Edwin, however you want to identify. But it's. It makes a difference is like coming into like stepping and realizing that we're stepping into this executive role and it makes a difference for the community to see that where it's like you don't see someone white Caucasian on board uh, and it would make a difference because it makes a difference when you show your community films that are created by people that look like them and that's going to make a big difference. That's why keyword is like it's a big responsibility to also um, take that take that role on. Mm-hmm. But you got to maintain that and it's got to be intentional. Um, so the pressure is like, all right, like time to represent like Bronx Bronxville 48 is important, which is actually like was never the hardest part because it's like we have four we years of results now. <laughs> yeah. It's like go on our website, go on our you know YouTube channel, see all the films that people made. So mm-hmm. it's like, all right. And then there's the pressure just like, OK, let's do it again next year. But like um, like bigger and better, but also like more methodical. Um, so it's definitely pressure. But. It's also exciting. Uh, like the pressure can add to the excitement in terms of like, okay, cool. Like we're occupying space. Like this, this, these events, um, this organization is occupying space in the Bronx that other people are like, uh, there are other Bronx entities in the Bronx, you know, and there's 48 hour film challenge is not an original concept, but the fact that we're localizing it here and we're making it accessible to people um, is a good feeling. It all goes back to the reclamation of our stories as the purpose of creating films. We want to make sure that our youth, our people in the community have that power, that agency to tell their stories. And that's what that feels like, a reclamation of our stories. Like we're, we're here um, and we're, we're, we're claiming this space. Like this is us. Um, and uh, it's hard though. Like I think to add to your, to add to what Edwin is saying, it's pressure. Um, and to humanize it, like at the end of the day, it's like battling with like imposter syndrome. Like it's like feeling like you, you have to, like you, you belong there and that's, it's a constant battle. Uh, but like I said, like it always goes back to reclaiming and I'm like, I belong here. We belong here and we are going to do this for our community. And that in itself is powerful. Just two quick things I really want to touch on that you guys have really alluded to. Um, the legacy now, the future of Bronx Film 48. This is now going to go into its fifth year next year. Whether you choose mutual aid or the nonprofit, you know, route, you've mentioned partners. What kind of partners, what sort of partners do you have now? Which sort of partners are you looking to get as you continue to move forward? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, my Haven Film Festival, in terms of like having films uh, being submitted uh, to her festival as well for that exposure, um, has been. Uh, pretty good um and then also uh just working with 
ghetto film school and also the Marshall Montefiore Community Center in terms of using their space uh, as one of the locations for the filmmakers to film in during the challenge. Um, so that was cool in terms of uh, just coordinating that with them. And they're uh, really generous because I have a history with them and uh, I used to go to their team programs. So that was cool to uh, work with them. And also uh, we've been coordinating with uh, like the parks department, even though we weren't able to uh, use the park, uh, but just working with them in terms of like, oh, like we can maybe have it here um, has been great because even if things like didn't happen with the partners this year, um, there's just been like groundwork for next year. For next year. Uh, I love after. that. I love that you said that. It's like groundwork for next year. Um, so looking to to build that partnership with the parks, uh, with the libraries in the Bronx as well. We're looking to build that. Even like just starting conversations, like even if we haven't like had a full partnership yet, like just even shaking hands with people um, and just like saying, hey, like, like, you know, like, hey, you're Bronx Library saying, hey, we're Bronx Film 48. So just like even that alone. Um, and just being able to reach out to people um, has been really cool. And just in terms of like, oh, this is something that could definitely be for next year. Like, oh, now we can, we have more pieces on the board, I guess to say. Mm -hmm. I would love to also add, um, we're in, um, we've been in talks and hoping to build a partnership with like New York Film Academy. Mm -hmm. As of now, mm -hmm. we've catered um, more, most of our events and especially the challenge to an older audience. So it's mm -hmm. like, we're trying to, um, Edwin and I have been speaking about this, like how do we cater to a younger audience? Like how do we reach um, younger students? So that's been in the works. We've been talking about this and trying to build partnerships that we can reach those younger audiences. I just wanted to say one of our other guests, uh, Christina from BFI, Bronx Film Initiative, um, is, you know, bringing film to uh, public schools in Uptown, in New York City generally, and also bringing film just to young people, actually making a film and uh, things like that. So, you know, great partnership right there, um, which sort of leads me into my question. Uh, I think Bronx Film 48 obviously is filling a huge role in the Bronx. Um, but what do you both think is still missing in the uptown cinema culture? And is it something that Bronx Film 48 would want to fill soon or someone else? That is an excellent question. Yeah. You have an answer. I, I have something at the top of my head, but I want to give you space. I think you uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm hopefully we're thinking the same thing, but go ahead. Uh, well, this is something that- Stand on three. One, two, three. Uh, well, this is something that, again, uh, like, you know, Greg has also uh, made clear and, um, you know, working with us as well is uh, there's um, not enough movie theaters here. Uh, there's only two working movie theaters here. So uh, and working with you on the documentary, like, it's like, oh, my God, like this, there's only Uptown and then the South Bronx now to see a movie. Um, and there's not we don't have like an IFC center. We don't have like an independent cinema center. So we don't have a place where you can see like these art house avant garde films that like. You know, you know, like we can only see like blockbuster stuff at this point, like Hollywood things. But there's another independent category that's not shown up here. So I think that's something that's really missing, like real independent scene. Um, and then people actually just coming again, again, more filmmaking events, people actually just coming together. Um, so I feel like an independent center, just like a film center, but showing independent cinema is severely lacking up here. But we it's everywhere else the same except thing. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's what I was thinking, yes. So, um, and even like the accessibility part to it, like, yes, we have two movie theaters in the Bronx, but one of them is so out of the way. You had to take like a train to a bus. It's so out of the way. Um, but I, I agree with every, emphasize everything Edwin said. 
um, we would love to have a space that is dedicated to reclamation of our stories where people can go and see themselves on screen. Um, because at the end of the day, like, yes, we have two movie theaters, but who are they really catering to as blockbuster films? We don't ever get to see our films up there. Um, and if you want to rent that at theater, it's like crazy expensive. So, um, yeah. I, I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can. So that's why I said that. <laughs> um, sort of a fun question. Uh, what are both of your favorite films that have come out of the film challenge, the 48 hour film challenge? Mm. Any year or is it this year? Any yeah, year. Any, any year. year. Ooh. Mm. Uh, I think the one of the first ones that come to mind is that Double Trouble. Uh, that was from year two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of your uh, friends and colleagues made uh, Peter. Peter Garofalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. And he like, um, he made this thing that is actually worthy of a sequel. So uh, every, time I, every time I show it to people, people are like, all right, where's part two? And I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a mean cliffhanger. I, I don't, yeah, I'm yeah. just like, I don't, I don't know. You got, I'm, I'm not the guy to talk to. You got to talk to him. Mm. Um, so that's the first one that I think for me is one of my favorites that I show people. And that one always gets a big reaction. What is is that the twin one? Yes. Uh, so the premise. Yes. So the premise is like uh, this is during COVID times, twenty twenty, uh, and he made this uh, with his wife in his home, where um, you know he's been dating this person for a while virtually, and then he's trying to go on a date with her. They're setting up a, a date for her for him to go to her house, and then like he's like oh, he, but he gets COVID. Big plot plot twist. He gets COVID. Um, so that's like the inciting incident, and they calls his twin brother. Like, hey, I need you to step in as me on this date uh, because we need plans for this date. He's like, all right, but don't touch her, you know. Like, uh, so, and then yeah, he ends. It's basically like a, um, I'm trying to think of a twin movie, almost like The Parent Trap, mm -hmm. you know, where yeah, like, he basically swaps in for her in this date, um, and then shenanigans don't ensue, spoil it. and then there's a <laughs> shenanigans and then a cliffhanger. That's all I'll say. Right. There we go. Nice save. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, that's actually one of my favorites, um, favorites too. But um, another one of my favorites I could think of is Dating While COVID. Oh, yeah. Um, that is uh, also during COVID 2020, uh, which is surprisingly a lot of the participants mentioned that because it was indoors, that and that made them more um, think outside the box. Like it was it, that itself was a challenge on top of the 48 hour phone challenge. But it taught them to like really work with what they have um and that the, the quality of those films that year was like blew me away um dating while COVID was also um I, I don't want to tell too much about it but it's also it's a comedy it's hilarious you laugh throughout the whole time from beginning to end uh someone that's dating someone during COVID that's all I'm gonna say hence the title <laughs> awesome <laughs> I, I want to answer that one too yeah uh, I'm forgetting the name of the the, the title of the film but i believe it was it was last year i love the one where it's in black and white it's like a silent film and it's the whole family in it oh the funny yes, the way it is the oh, yeah. uh, funny the way it is funny. Yeah. Funny, yeah that was so good because i was like wow a family from the bronx you mean the, si the silent film right yeah, yeah. Oh, the silent, funny yeah, the way first it is. place yeah they won they won a bunch of awards i just loved how so simple the, those other two the dating wall covid double trouble straightforward yeah so for the most part but this one was so simple and was so funny and i just love how like just simply it was like just filming on the sidewalk some scenic shots and then like a whole big twist where it's like oh this happens and it brings about the funny end with throwing the chunk <laughs> so yeah i just love those so funny 
That's a very interesting use of the required elements. Yeah, they ran with that concept. So silent film, Literally. like family. Yeah, they just they. I think they nailed it. Thank you both so much, and I'll say thank you to Greg too because you know you used to be part of Bronx Film Forty Eight, and I feel like you answered some of the questions too. So I, thank I gave you the all. Baby three. Away for adoption. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this is really a three person area. So if you were the interviewer. Yes. <laughs> Um, so thank you both for being here, being on the podcast. We have two questions that we always ask everybody. And typically it's from the perspective of filmmakers, which obviously you both are filmmakers. Um, but this time I'll ask it from the perspective of Bronx Film 48, someone who started a a community-based organization. Um, so what do you wish someone had said to you? Uh, maybe I'll, I'll alter it a little bit before, you know, Greg and Christine left the team mm. oh i mean i think things were definitely said to us uh, as they <laughs> left the team uh but i mean great that like, well, hey, like, <laughs> like keep in mind of these things um i mean i mean i i think i i, I guess at that point it's like hey like um you're gonna spend a lot of time on this you know you're gonna like sit and, and think a lot um and uh yeah it's like even like all the work and planning that you're gonna do it's like you're actually going to do even more than that. Something I wish I was told was um, going back to like imposter syndrome. Like I belong here. Uh, my story, my contributions are worth it, um, regardless of how that looks like. And also giving myself grace. Like it's it's been um, we all have like our personal things going on in our life. So giving myself grace with that. And what is next for Bronx Film 48? Um, but also what's next for each of you? Is there anything that either of you want to plug for yourselves? Ooh, uh, well for, uh, for Bronx Film 48, for sure. Uh, we're still working with these interns now. Uh, so we're going to continue to work with them, uh, till towards the end of August. Um, and then we're going to distribute the prizes that people have won. So we're going to be handling that. Um, and then we're going to take some downtime. We're going to have like, uh, we're going to kind of have a little bit of a, like dormant period, uh, you know, cool down, um, you know, been going at it since like, I think February, since our orientation with them. So now it's like, all right, this is the time when let's cool down from this, from this work and then come back refresh. And then once we come back, like we're, we'll have that refreshing energy to like, okay, cool. Now let's like look at the calendar and, and pick the dates and then like pick locations and then like just aim for those. Um, so yeah, for Bronx for Free, it's a cool down. Um, I guess for myself, um, I, uh, I'm definitely um, trying to do more creative things with friends. I've been on shoots more. Um, I've been helping out uh, another friend of mine with the shoot, uh, just a little short film that he's trying to do. Cause I'm like, oh, like I haven't been on set as much. I'm trying to be on, on set for more just creative, fun things. So uh, I've been helping him with that. Um, and also uh, I've been working uh, with this other organization, BX Start. Um, and they're like doing, uh, they're like a gaming center in the Bronx. We've had a networking event there. So I'm trying to, do more with them. Uh, I love teaching their after school program, uh, but also I'm trying to take it a step further and like uh, try to produce some more content with them um, and see uh, really just emphasize more, not just the film scene, but I also have a love for video games. So want to emphasize uh, that as well. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well said, Edwin. Um, to to answer your question as to what's next for Bronx on 48 and also going back to a challenge and lesson um, it's like, like and you mentioned this like 
thinking backwards, planning backwards. That was like the biggest lesson this year. That's coming back in September after we take that hiatus is really planning backwards to start thinking, like taking that opportunity to grow. And now we're going to apply it. Um, we're in the, we're in talks, Edwin, um, to really reevaluate what's next for Bronx 148, whether it stays a CBO or maybe a nonprofit. Uh, we'll get a chance to like, you know, refresh come back rejuvenate it and really reevaluate what is what is it that we want um to become and the future of it i think that's it as far as bronx on 48 um as personally for me making time for my craft like edwin said it, it can be harder like you get buried in like you know personal life personal work bronx on 48 uh putting together things but when do you make time for your craft? So I've been, that's something I promised myself this year that I would make more time for my craft. And hopefully I can, I can accomplish that goal. Um, I have a couple ideas that I've been like sitting on and I, I haven't acted on them. So I would say personally for me, it's like stepping more into that creative side that I've been, it's been sort of somewhat buried. <laughs> um, it's not like a question. I'm just kind of like stating kind of like on the record of, yeah, like how proud I am of what we've done the four of us and how it continues and i just want to say for your next steps to quickly go in you know consultant mode it still remains that the most difficult thing you're going to do is replace yourselves uh and then also replace myself and, and christine so by that meaning you elevate yourselves to director director or associate director or executive director something along those lines and Who's going to take up what you've done? Who's going to take up what you've done? Who's going to replace what I was doing? Who's going to place, replace Christine? And then the biggest thing, making sure that those are four dope, cool people that also want to remain on after you guys leave. So with any organization, that's the most difficult thing. You know, running my business, bringing on people like Aaron and Sophie, uh, it's important to bring on the right people. So um, well, as always, any way I can help, let me know. Um, you know, I always wear my heart on my sleeve. I'll never hold back. I'll always be honest. And uh, yeah, I love you both, and I'm so proud. Thank you. I always thank appreciate you. your thank advice you and insight. Us. So, and yeah, thank you for having us on this dope podcast. Hell yeah, man. That's so sweet. Before we end, where can we find Bronx 148? Where can we donate? And where can we find both of you? Well, you want to take this one shot? Sure. Uh, <laughs> so you can, you can follow us at Bronx Film 48, Bronx, not BX, Bronx <laughs> Film 48. We're on Instagram, Vimeo, YouTube, and uh, on our website, bronxfilm48.com. Yeah, like LinkedIn. Uh, we are on LinkedIn, LinkedIn as well. As well. So, yes, I forgot LinkedIn. That's yeah. new this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we have, uh, yeah, so if you go on our website, bronxfilm48.com, uh, you'll see the logos on the side for the social media stuff. Um, and then, yeah, our YouTube channels where you can watch the films uh, for the past uh, three years. Uh, we will upload the films from this year um, very soon. Uh, and yeah, Vimeo as well. You can see the films also if you prefer that. So having two video options. So and then you'll also be able to see the Q&A's from the screening on our channels as well. Awesome. Thank you Thank for you. having Thank us. Thank you so much. This is fun. This has been Uptown Films, a podcast that elevates the cinema culture for Uptown New York City. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at UptownFilms underscore pod. Thank you so much for listening and keep making films Uptown. And this week, you should watch the 1975 James Caan film, Rollerball. <laughs>